Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome to episode 290 of the Naturally Nourished Podcast. Today's episode is extra super special because it's our first live podcast ever. Woo! <laughs> Too bad we're recording this intro after we did the yeah, live. Yeah, we don't have the real woo so from the You'll get the enthusiasm in just <laughs> minutes. And it was such a blast uh, having listeners for years, five plus years, I'm sure. Oh, gosh, goodness. This podcast has been around since 2015. So that's like seven plus years of Whoa. listeners. Whoa. Yes. And having some of them be able to come up to the microphone and ask questions on air. Super cool and exciting. And everyone's going to share a little tidbit of what they loved about our women's wellness retreat because this was recorded as a wrap up Q&A on Sunday, the last day of our retreat. So we're not going to go down the rabbit hole like we did last week with all of the retreat details and run of show, if you will. Uh, but you will hear some highlights from participants and also you'll hear their burning Q&A questions. And I think we nailed like nine to 10 plus questions we in did. this episode. So we got through a whole lot of content. Let's hit some of the highlights. Yes. Um, so we covered um, whether, you know, if you're having no reaction at all to gluten, can you eat it or is it still doing something detrimental in your body? Um, we covered teens and ADHD. We talked about um, solutions for chronic bone and muscle pain, um, favorite salty, crunchy snacks. And I talked about siete potato chips way too much. <laughs> um, hair loss after COVID, that's been a huge question and several women have that question. Um, and what we think of some of the like convenience cooking products like air fryers and Instant Pot. Yes. Uh are you, do you want to share about why you talked about yeah, potato chips so much? Yeah, I should probably so tell much? you guys. Because otherwise we're going to have to edit that part out and then we'll have to re-edit <laughs> you talking about the talking about part. So. so when you hear me talk about siete chips three times and Allie tries to like move on to the next I'm subject. I'm like, well, it's kind um, of a naked. I, I said, oh, you could like crumble like five <laughs> potato chips and put it in a lettuce wrap because that's the food is yeah. medicine approach of a ratio of consumption. Yeah, but I still tried to make them happen. It's because I'm pregnant again, guys. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. And I shared that with women at the retreat. I just wasn't ready to share it with like the general public. But I am now by the time this episode airs. Um, yep. I'll probably eventually post on Instagram. But at, you know. at this point when this airs, you're halfway through, man. Right, right. You're and, happening. And baby two, I think, gets a little, you know, it's like all of a sudden I'm at 17 weeks and like barely blinked, you know. Yes. So yeah. she'll be here. Oh, she, yeah. Yes. It's also a girl. Um, <laughs> Very exciting. Yeah, she'll be here in September, which is also Noah's birth month. So we've got divine timing on the exactly two years apart thing going on. Holiday baby making. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, and so I'm sure I'll share more. I won't do the 
um, every trimester, know, trimester by trimester, because y'all just heard that, and I'm still sending those links to you know all my mama very clients from Noah. Yeah. Um, but anything that is new or different or anything you know that I get super into, um, like nettle tea infusions that we are yes. going to talk about next or last episode we talked about. Um, anything I get into, and I think we'll talk about um, gestational diabetes and and use of a CGM as a tool in an episode, but we won't do the like deep dive every trimester kind of thing. I think once Little Lady has a name, we'll have to do an entire episode, like kind of wrap up, and we'll probably also be putting out feelers for Q&A on pregnancy. And so that'll be a really great way to kind of cover all the ground, and then you get the more deep dive stuff from just less than two years ago. Yes. All right. So now that that's out there, (laughs) um, let's share other updates just in our world. Yes. So the Beat the Heat promo is live as you are listening to this. This is our promotion that helps you to save money on probiotics during the hottest months of the year. So all of the naturally nourished probiotics are actually shelf stable and temperature wise can handle even temps as high as 120 degrees while still retaining their stated colony forming units or the amount of billion of CFUs per product. So whether it is 80 degrees or 120 degrees, your Rebuild Spectrum probiotic will always have 30 billion CFUs. Your targeted strength probiotic will have 60 billion CFUs. And what's also more about the Naturally Nourished line is we go really hardcore on selecting that strain ID. So we're not just using lacto and bifido strains of any genius species. We're ensuring that we're using the NCFM or the BIO7 of the bifido bacteria and we're really very strategic to support through literature or scientific discovery researched strains that have stood up to double blind placebo studies showing efficacy and outcomes and so when you're buying our naturally nourished probiotics know that you are getting well-researched strains potency and purity we still know with all of that that some people get a little bit uncomfortable grabbing from their box of supplements a probiotic that feels slightly warm to touch or maybe room temperature instead of cold. Um, And again, we've research tested shipping with ice pack, shipping on dry ice, and all of the different variability, and we did not see any efficacy. So the environmental impact of using those materials did not outweigh the influence of the end outcome of the product. So we do not ship our probiotics on ice. And if you would like to buy your probiotics, in May to get you through June, July, August, and maybe into September if you are a Texan or anyone (laughs) in a hot state, um, definitely consider doing so. And this is through our Beat the Heat promo. So when you buy two bottles at full price in the month of May, you can add a third bottle of that same probiotic to your order for 50% off. You can mix and match, but like any buy one, get one type offer, the discount will be applied to the cheaper probiotic. So we're suggesting that you really focus on the Rebuild Spectrum or the Targeted Strength Probiotic. These are the ones that are over $60 per bottle so that you can really maximize that savings. And then note that you get free shipping on orders of $175 or more. So you might make you know, an order one week of three of the Targeted Strength and then maybe add on a bottle of Super Turmeric. And then you might do another order with your multi Mama, and that's where you would do the Targeted Strength. Um, or I forget if I said Rebuild, whatever, vice 
versa. Uh, so that's something to consider. And then if you have subscriptions and such, you might use your uh, women's flora probiotic there or the Restore Baseline or the GI Cleanup or Kids Biotic. Um, those are all at a lower price point. So you won't get as much bang for your buck with this buy two, get one 50% off. Yes. All right. So um, you can use the code beat the heat and we'll have a link that goes directly to the collection of products that are on promo for May in today's show notes. All right. So I'm super excited to get into the episode. Before we do so, we're just going to have a word from our sponsor, which is KetoCon. And KetoCon, if you're having FOMO from not attending our women's wellness retreat, KetoCon is probably the next best thing until our retreat that we offer in 2023. So if you don't want to wait a whole year, come see Becky and I at KetoCon in Austin, Texas at the Palmer Event Center, July 8th through the 10th. This is an annual event that is the largest U.S. focused solely on science and stories of living a ketogenic diet and lifestyle. There are 50 plus speakers. I will be keynote speaking for the fourth year in a row on the main stage. I'm super excited and proud of that. And there are really well vetted professionals. So there's medical professionals, researchers, bloggers, different tech developers. You'll learn all about the differences of testing your ketones through breath, like Level will be there, I'm sure, and CGMs and glucometers. Uh, You can also learn about with the tech world, different tracking elements and such. Uh, Fitness experts will be there as well. And also just everyday people who have used the keto diet and lifestyle to improve their health. There'll be over 250 vendors, so they're going to have, of course, these wearable devices and technology products, as well as supplements and food products and so much more. And this is really an awesome time for community. I will say of all of the events that I have done keynote speaking at or have been on medical forum panels, um, the collaboration and the just good energy, good vibes, good humans are involved in this project. We love Robin and her team. Um, We have had such fabulous events and I really had seen such a catapult in my personal career from my first ever KetoCon because of the awesome networking that comes out in this experience of a weekend that's just jam-packed with awesomeness. So if you are looking for three days of nonstop motivation and inspiration and learning and networking, making new friends and rekindling other old keto friends, uh, we really hope that you will check out KetoCon. You can go to ketocon.org. So that's just K-E-T-O-C-O-N.org. And um, you can get your tickets by clicking on the get tickets button. You can use the code nourished10 at checkout and you will receive 10% off on a three-day general admission pass. Again, the code nourished10, make note of that. It's not my normal Allie Miller RD. Nourished10 code will give you 10% off when you go to ketocon.org and get your tickets and join us at KetoCon July 8th through the 10th this summer. Yes, it's going to be on fire. After two years off, everyone's going to be like jumping out of their skin to give hugs. And I'll probably be doing like cartwheels and yeah. lifting up cars yeah, and yeah. hugging people all and being all crazy. And, yes. and stay tuned for details on when Allie's lecturing and whether we're doing any other meetups or any other fun stuff um, around that. We will let you guys know when we know. Yes, but don't wait. Grab your tickets. Yep. Go on over to ketocon.org. Use the code NOURISHED10. Okay, my name is Cherry. My favorite thing about the retreat is everything. I just enjoyed at all because this is not my vibe like I don't do things that are out of my comfort zone so 
I enjoyed the yoga. I enjoyed the dance, which was very yeah, strange. Girl. So yes, I, and the food. The Strangely food. awesome. Strangely awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was great. So my question is, if you have no physical reaction or problems after eating gluten, is it okay to eat? Okay, so you want to take that, Becky? Sure. It's a spectrum, you know, and it depends on our goals. It depends on what we're looking to achieve in our bodies. And I would say there's a good, better, best spectrum even within gluten if we're going for like the heirloom wheat varietals that have been, um, you know, processed in a traditional way. So if we're going for like a sourdough that we know was made from heirloom grain, that might be a better-ish choice. Generally speaking, gluten, like when you're dining out or picking a product off of a shelf, is going to be that hybridized wheat that has 400 plus times the gliadin, which is the molecule that unlocks those tight junctions of your gut. So even if you're not getting a reaction in the moment, it could be increasing you know, intestinal permeability, driving leaky gut, and driving inflammatory process in your body. And so... Digested would be a really good choice if you do choose to indulge. Maybe it's, you know, at a restaurant you love that makes their own in-house sourdough from einkorn wheat four times a year, and you take two digested and you enjoy it. But we don't go for the gluten that's the, you know, BS box Cheez-Its because I don't think we're eating that stuff anyway. Yeah, it's that short dwarf wheat that we're really worried about, and that's what really hit the grocery stores in the mid-90s. And as we've discussed about, I believe that there is an episode called, Are You Still Eating Gluten? Yes, that's a good one. I will link that in the show notes. In the show notes. And in there, we go through the science and the history behind that short dwarf wheat. And it was actually hybridized to be an obesogenic crop when during World War II, there were many draft-based or aged individuals that were too skinny to fight. And now we're seeing that when we're looking at the opposite, we're too fat to fight. And that's not the kindest terms to say, but just a very direct way of saying uh, the obesogenic properties of the short dwarf wheat can interfere with satiety and also have a dynamic influence on blood sugar response. So back in the day when I was a uh, when I was a more classic certified diabetes educator, it was always told that you know whole wheat pasta versus white pasta, and I couldn't understand why if the whole wheat pasta had more fiber, why were my diabetics having more dynamic blood sugar spikes? And the reason being is that the short dwarf wheat in the whole wheat is more concentrated in that gliadin, so there's more of that inflammatory response, and some of the salivary ends enzymes we have actually create more of a glucose influence from that compound. So yes. that's a pretty good answer. I think. Yeah, I think that's thorough right. enough for now. All right, let's go next. All right. Hi, I'm Ashley, if you didn't know me. <laughs> hey, girl. <laughs> um, my favorite part, I think, being here, just connection and just kind of being raw and real with, I mean, some people that I've met, well, everybody I've never met in person. Some people I've known, you know, through the social media and stuff. But just connection with all the women here and letting loose with the dance and all of that stuff has been really, really great. Awesome. Um, and then my question is, what is your number one recommendation for teens with ADHD? Ooh, don't we have a couple episodes on this? We do. We will also link that. Um, and we did one on like back to college mm-hmm. paired with... Uh, we did a, a 
dual part that was geared toward teenagers or kids or just people who aren't as familiar with us and our philosophy. Yes, um, a preliminary yeah. functional medicine yeah. approach, I guess. Yeah, that's a good one. And so there's two parts. The first part was more preteen into teen, um, talking about you know blood sugar balance, no naked carbs, et cetera. And so that obviously as a foundation of getting glycemic balance is gonna be really important for concentration and focus because when we're dealing with hyper and hypoglycemia, this can create interference with concentration and cognitive function. We know, as I talk about in the anti-anxiety diet, individuals that have elevated blood sugar, so when we watch that hemoglobin A1C, that three-month average of glycosylation of red blood cells, that these individuals are three to five times more likely towards depression or anxiety and mental illness. So we do know that there's a huge blood sugar brain connection, and that would be the first thing that I would work with to harness that teenager is no naked carbs and getting important focus on ample protein in the diet. So you don't have to maybe pull all the carbs out, but empower them with when they're having a carb to have a protein or a fat. So if they are doing an apple, adding almond butter to it, or if they are having a starch side, they need to also have that grass-fed burger patty or so forth, and maybe selecting the starches that matter. So maybe they go for the sweet potato fries, but they omit the bun kind of thing to keep that blood sugar balance. And then beyond that, as supplemental support, the number one intervention that I'd bring in is our Calm and Clear. And this is appropriate that you can dose really starting from age eight. Um, I've had six-year-olds on it, I guess, technically. So somewhere in that six, seven, eight world is when you could start using the Calm and Clear formula. And we dose that by weight. So once we hit 50 pounds of weight, it's appropriate to take three to four capsules. And then once we hit over 80 pounds of weight, we can dose as adults essentially. And that's looking more like a four to six capsules and under chronic high stress, as I joked about prior to this women's wellness retreat, I was on a very consistent trajectory of nine to 11. <laughs> and so this is a sliding scale. Some of the compounds in the Calm and Clear, so Calm and Clear helps to harness the HPA axis. So it regulates that fight or flight response it harnesses adrenaline and also the catecholamines beyond adrenaline, which include dopamine and norepinephrine. And these are neurotransmitters that have a huge role with cognitive processing and focus. We also, in the formula, include L-theanine. So we have L-theanine, which is a modulator. It's an amino acid modulator to our brain chemistry, and it helps to upregulate alpha brainwave, which is what will be elevated in a brain scan during concentration, focus, and meditation. So you get that focus and concentration without agitation and anxiety. And L-theanine, um, in the Calm and Clear, you get 200 milligrams per three capsules. So that's a really good impact to start. There are B vitamins in there, and we also have a synergy of adaptogens, including ashwagandha, which has been shown to help with academic performance, as well as nervines, which calm down and aid in that kind of getting in the zone mode. A secondary thing to consider, especially if the child is prone towards anxiety or is worrisome, would be the GABA calm, because we've also seen that GABA calm can aid in academic performance, and we have that clinical study linked in our product page. If you go to any of the Naturally Nourished Supplements and you check under resources, there's a research tab that you can unfold and we click and put the peer-reviewed medical literature that show the active compound and its efficacy. And then I would say if they're on an ADHD medication, do you want to maybe speak to like 
the stimulants and, and, and the connection there and what we could use in place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, those medications often are starting earlier and earlier, like six, eight years old. Um, and oftentimes what we see into our teenager and later years, Allie just licked her Redmond Real Salt Rock. That's why yeah. we're, we're giggling. Giggles are okay. It's, it's allowed. We'll tell you guys more about that in a moment. Um, they were one of our generous I feel like we sponsors. need a whole, yes. Yeah. Yep, and um, maybe we need a YouTube channel yeah. on licking salt rocks. Licking salt rocks—it's our new thing, and we're going to turn them into necklaces. But <laughs> anyway, um, so unfortunately, we're seeing this from an earlier and earlier age, and and what we see into the teen and even you know early adult years is adrenal burnout because mm-hmm. this is a stimulant that you're giving them, and and their body is not deficient in stimulants, right? Um, there might be a B vitamin deficiency. No one that has we methamphetamine could, no, deficiency. No. It's true. The body um, is not wired to need no. methamphetamine. Nope. Um, and so that's, you know, really pounding on their little adrenal glands and, and causing, you know, cortisol surges, certainly causing their dopamine, norepinephrine, and epinephrine to surge. And over time, their body isn't going to make as much as a response. And so often weaning, you know, those clients off is very difficult because they have severe adrenal fatigue. So we did talk about in one of our um, episodes that I will link the adrenal support as a fabulous tool kind of replacement as you're going off of a medication to give your adrenal glands some love in. It provides that adrenal glandular B5 and B6 that's going to help them to naturally produce their own cortisol, help to get you back above water. And then I think the adaptogen boost would be kind of the pair to that. Um, and that's going to provide the um, rhodiola panax ginseng and cordyceps it's going to aid in concentration and focus give you a little pep in your step a little bit of energy and hey if you're a teenager studying late into the night i would much rather you take that than an adderall like some of us might have done in college Yes. And then we've been talking a lot this weekend together about, you know, this balance of what are the lifestyle modifiable variables? What do you add? What do you subtract? And so, you know, we covered a couple supplements now and mechanisms of action. We covered preliminary diet for this, but we also want to think of the lifestyle element of screen addiction and Mm -hmm. dopamine depletion because dopamine is kind of that first compound of those neurotransmitters of the adrenals. And so when Becky's talking about methamphetamine, amphetamines stimulate epinephrine, which is adrenaline, hence the name Adderall. That was kind of the, the, the key point. Um, and so dopamine converts to norepinephrine, which converts to epinephrine. And when we're talking about dopamine depletion, we see dopamine depletion from use of blue light. And it's especially exacerbated with video games and social media scrolling. So if this preteen or teen is spending copious amounts of time on a tablet or learning through a computer, we'd really want to think of how we can offset that. So one would be setting you know, screen time limits in the household as best you can to navigate around the school curriculum and advocating for the school curriculum to use books at times, go figure. Um, Getting your child outside to natural daylight to set the tone of circadian rhythm and allow their body that impact on the pineal gland of bright light to set the tone for balance in the adrenals um, would be fantastic. So maybe this means that in the warmer months you transition to having family breakfast outside um, or you consider walking to school to have that natural daylight before you get into the school or on the weekend. That's a goal as a family. We 
go outside before we sit inside for breakfast or before the cartoons or the whatever channel is being put on. Um, and then we would also think in that line about um, you know modifying the impact of the light with potentially looking at settings on the tablet. So reducing blue light output, going more red screen to offset that would be another technique. Getting um, them some cool blue blockers. Yeah, blue blocker if, glasses. I don't know if teenagers think those are cool. At least at the I house. You can cool. enforce it at the house, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. They've gotten way cooler than before when There's we used to wear those ones. scientist goggles. But Or yes. like the orange, yeah. The orange safety glass looking ones. Yes. Those are cute. Yes, totally. Okay. Hi, I'm Melissa, and I think my favorite part of the retreat has definitely been the movement, um, especially the Prana Shakti class under the stars, and just feeling the connection and energy from all of the women here and getting to feel really close, even though I've only met some of these people on a Zoom call, you know, yeah. or never before. So that was been it's been really nice. Uh, this question has to do with the MRT test and leaky gut, and it's a, a few questions, so just get ready. Okay, we're so, ready. Um, Bring it on. Is it true that if you have a bunch of like reds and yellows on that test that it's indicative of leaky gut? Um, if you work to seal the gut lining and build back that integrity, can you then add those foods? Can they be eaten again without causing problems? And then the, the next question basically is saying, is it the food that is causing the leaky gut or the sensitivity that is causing the leaky gut? Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. I think we can get all three. I think we can do it. Okay. So having a high level of, of reds and yellows come back, usually we would consider pretty diagnostic of leaky gut, right? Your immune system is overreactive or hyperreactive to those compounds. And the MRT is measuring um, inflammatory chemical release. So we're looking at um, histamine, cytokines, kind of total inflammatory volume change, IgG, um, response to those foods. And so, uh, yes, a high level of those for the first question would be a good indicator that there is significant leaky gut happening, that there's intestinal permeability. Um, and the second part of the question was, can I have those foods again? And, and that is the goal of that protocol is restriction for a time. And it's a six month timestamp. Um, we have a whole YouTube channel video I know on the MRT with two parts at least yes. on, on MRT so I'll be sure to link those but you're looking at about a six-month protocol um, before you start to fully reintroduce all of the foods on your list um, and as we're going through that we go with two weeks of, of pretty tight restriction what we call immunocom just to kind of wring out inflammation really get you feeling good back to baseline in your body so that as you slowly introduce foods back, you can really notice like what works for you and what doesn't. And the whole time that you're going through this protocol, you're also going to be on a supplement protocol. And I think that's what sets our, our process apart. Um, even for people who don't work with us in clinic, if I do an email lab review for you, I'm still suggesting that you take our digest aid um, during your MRT protocol. And that is to ensure that we are breaking down and assimilating our nutrients and that our food particles aren't coming across, you know, that that leaky barrier of the gut as larger particles. We're turning it into more of a pre-digested slurry, if you will. Um, we also, in that protocol, aim to address dysbiosis if present, so doing a probiotic challenge potentially, or at least bringing in our Restore Baseline probiotic to get some good bugs going, because we know our good bugs actually help to break down our foods as well. Um, and then the star player is the GI lining support. 
And that's really what's going to create that resilience over time and use. And so if you're somebody who has like five reds and you know a ton of yellows and it's stuff you eat all the time, I might start you off at a solid baseline of two scoops of that. To three. To yeah. three. Mm-hmm. Or if you're someone with Crohn's or ulcerative colitis, we might be going three to four, depending on how severe you know our, our starting point is. Um, and so that's really what's going to, after you've put out the fire, you've removed those reds and yellow, that's going to seal the tank so that as we progress through the diet, ideally you're about, you know, able to introduce, I'd say 70 to 80% of reds and yellows in my experience. Yep. And we should progressively see less and less inflammatory response. So if you started with five reds, your first go around, we generally recommend that you test if you have more than one red, that you test at least a year out from your first test to see how you recover. If you had only yellows the first go around, you likely didn't have severe leaky gut to begin with. So that one round is probably sufficient. But for individuals that we've seen, yeah, absolutely, that could have five, six, seven reds, then that next year we would anticipate they might have one or two reds then that next year we might anticipate that they went from 26 yellows to 17 yellows and then at that juncture three years in we say okay now we can start to really progress to just maintenance mode Um, and that third part of the question I think asking as far as um, you know did that food drive the inflammatory process or was there an immunological driver of that inflammatory process or an inflammatory mediated Um, the way that it works is, um, you know, again, the MRT is looking at prostaglandin cytokines and interleukins. Um, Technically, it doesn't look at histamine. That would be more of an IgE reaction. Um, But when we're looking at these chemical influencing factors of inflammation or the chemical warfare, that is what your surveillance system or your immune system is responding to as foreign or unwelcome. And your immune system is what's attacking and driving that inflammatory read of what we're looking at in the data. So it's an immunological inflammatory response, but the volume and the severity of that response is indicative of the gut integrity. And the gut, which has the gut-associated lymphatic system or the GALT, gut-associated lymphatic tissue, if you will, the gut helps to manufacture many of the compounds that aid in the antigen-antibody connection. And so there is a definite chicken and egg connection, but all to say that I would say the quantity and severity of scores would be an indicator of the gut integrity first thing. And then the actual food compounds are regulated by more of the immunological response. I think we did it. Okay. (laughs) All right. My turn. Yes, let's go. Hi, guys. My name is Lindy, and can you hear me now? Yes. All right. Very good. Sounds good. Um, my favorite part of the uh, the wellness retreat has been actually taking almost a two dimensional aspect of the podcast and making it like a four D. Ooh, four D. Yeah. I like that. Experience. <laughs> you know, I get to interact with the people that I've learned so much from. Interact with the vendors. Um, and then just, it's just a whole sensory, sensory experience. It's been magical. It really, really has. Oh, thank you. My question is what would be good for chronic pain? Thinking like bone and muscle chronic pain. Okay. So when we're thinking of chronic pain in 
bone, muscle, tendons, connective tissue, I'm generally going to start with the inflammasome in our line. Um, and so the inflammasome has a combination of proteolytic enzymes, which are different than your digestive enzymes. Your digestive enzymes are going to be aiding in breaking down proteins, fats, and carbohydrates, whereas proteolytic enzymes help with tissue inflammatory response, as well as breaking down buildup in the body like calcification or fibroid activity. So if we're thinking of bone, joint, and muscle mass, or again, connective tissue inflammation, we want to make sure that that tissue itself maintains supple um, or, or a more supple state for adequate repair and recovery um, versus getting more um, agitated or um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say calcified. I don't want to say dysplasia, like but the cellular shifts that occur in a repair process can actually become more dysfunctional as far as the way that that part of the body works. And so following impact or injury or surgery mm -hmm. or tissue damage, we want to make sure that we maintain those proteolytic enzymes to support the recovery and repair process. And then we also pair with that anti-inflammatory botanicals. Um, and so this is going to be a really great formula in that space. You would probably also want to layer in the super turmeric, which super turmeric is more of what we go to as like an alternate to an NSAID. Sure. So if we're talking about someone that was using Aleve or naproxen sodium or Advil regularly, super turmeric could be used in its place. And what's really beautiful about this is that the Mayo Clinic notes, you know, that NSAIDs can really drive increased risk factor for cardiovascular cardiovascular disease. We know also that NSAIDs can be quite disruptive to gut, um, actually driving gastritis and um, gastrointestinal bleeding. So very disruptive to that gut lining, which then what happens as we just discussed, when the gut lining integrity is off, larger food particles cross that blood gut barrier and then the immune system responds like a high pollen season and starts to create inflammatory cascades over what should be healthy compounds but become treated as foreign invaders so then we start to get inflammation from everything we're eating and it's kind of a vicious cycle yeah so that super turmeric at like six to eight to nine a day especially if it is chronic severe pain and we're trying to wean from an NSAID or or uh you know a more intensive pain medication and then getting to the root of why is this pain happening in the first place. I think going back to the MRT, um, if we think there is potentially a, a food trigger, um, and if it tends to you know, be joint pain that ebbs and flows, kind of comes and goes, that can be a really good solution, especially if we're also seeing a um, high C-reactive protein along yeah. with that chronic pain. Um, and the micronutrient panel would be another good kind of starting point for what are we missing here? Are, is that bone pain because, you know, we're deficient in calcium and vitamin D and vitamin K and, you know, we're seeing some early, you know, osteoarthritis or, or osteoporosis or osteopenia. And then we'd have to bring in the osteofactors. Yes, yes. I would also note because of the muscular component of back pain and spasm, that's where relax and regulate could be really fabulous. Mm, that yes. magnesium bisglycinate as a neuromuscular relaxer and, um, Cellular antiox could also be considered, and that's one that does have pretty substantial research on rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah. Um, and so if we're talking about, again, bone joint. So our anti-inflammatory bundle has our omega-3, which is also anti-inflammatory, of course, um, the EPA, DHA, extra, the cellular antiox, and the super turmeric. So that might be a great starting pack, the anti-inflammatory bundle plus inflammasome, and then kind of going from there. 
And if they must take in the NSAIDs for a period of time, we'd really want to give them that GI lining to protect against that gastric stress. Yep. So again, it's all about a balance of like add, subtract, modify where you can. And that means also then bone broth would be really beautiful for this individual, both for connective tissue support as a food is medicine. Um, We've been sipping on fond bone broth all weekend and we've had to set up fond bone broth bar and some of you ladies are sipping while we're listening. Ooh. Um, And so... Um, you know, like their liquid light flavor, which is turmeric infused, then you're getting anti-inflammatory botanicals and you're getting that collagen gelatin for connective tissue and supporting the gut in the process. Right. Hey ladies, this is Kazmira. Um, my favorite thing about the retreat has been the lectures and then being able to talk about it together as a group afterwards. It's been really Love great. It. Awesome. Um, my question for you is what are the healthiest salty and crunchy snacks? Ooh. Aside from licking my Redmond real salt rock. I mean, we're not going to be snacking anymore because we have these Redmond real salt rocks to lick on between meals and when we're intermittent fasting. So just salt. Um, Salt itself. So I I love, you know, I, I like to consider with the crunch, we want to think of the fact that the crunching type motion, if you will, um, can sometimes not be very self-limiting and can sometimes in itself as a action or habit be somewhat addictive or um, overindulgent as far as portion control. So I hesitate to say nuts as my first as my first choice because often that's one that gets overeaten and has yeah. really dense caloric intake. But I am going to say nuts because I just made the, the for this cashews, retreat the yeah. turmeric roasted cashews, which were fabulous. Yeah, y'all are saying they're so good. Um, and so those were in week 11 of the Food is Medicine keto meal plans, which we'll link for all of you listeners. And we've been hearing awesome reviews on that. Um, that kind of trickles week by week. So once you purchase it, you get week one and then it follows from a week from that date of purchase. And um, the turmeric roasted cashews are really fabulous. They're warming. They have a little kick of spice. They have a good amount of salt. And so something like that, I think that has dynamic flavor profile and really resonates on the palate and is experiential in eating versus something that's kind of dull, which you might be going for more. Um, I think you get a little bit more bang for your caloric buck, if you will. And what I would do with something like those is I would keep them, you know, in a like Pyrex glass container in the household up in the pantry instead of on the countertop. And then I keep these little pottery bowls that are really beautiful. And um, I'm all about experience and we eat with our eyes as well. And so, you know, taking like an eighth to quarter cup sweet little, like almost jewelry size plate bowl um, and filling that with a quarter cup of the turmeric roasted cashews could be a really beautiful option to get that salty, crunchy snack. Yes. I love that. Um, I think pork rinds are a really great one. And I think those can be kind of self-limiting because yeah. they're depends dense on the flavor. In, in pro- yeah, depends on the flavor. Those like 4505 jalapeno cheddar ones, they remind me of like smart food popcorn when I ate that as a teenager. And um, <laughs> they're kind of great. Um, but a little self-limiting in that they've got a really substantial amount of protein in them um, and they take quite a bit of effort to kind of crunch and chew. Um, and so I think once you've been eating pork rinds, at least for a while, you can't like overeat too too many of them so that's a great option um i really do like the siete um, potato chips that they just came out with so i'm gonna throw that in there what are they avocado oil they're avocado oil they're they're super clean so um they have like a jalapeno and um sea salt and vinegar flavor that's delicious again you want to leave the bag in the pantry 
take out your small portion size, maybe when you're carb cycling, and then put it back out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, we talked about in um, today's weekend that connection of, again, getting back in the kitchen based on your indulgences. So this is what we were discussing, like, you know, truffle French fries, like ordering them at a restaurant, so easy and delicious. Making French fries in the kitchen and filling a vat full of oil and dealing with the mess of the battering of the oil and the um, dumping and discarding of the oil and all of that makes you not want to eat french fries very often right, at all like right. twice a year <laughs> it's a lot of work um, and if you had to make potato chips I'm thinking of that kind in, of the same in the potato thing. chip realm yes uh-huh. so just being mindful yeah. of that um, you know when we're eating it's like you know what are we nourishing our body with and um, you know that's where I'd probably go for the Brady roasted potatoes yeah. option um, but you know counting a carb as a carb works and you know where we talked the pork rinds would be zero grams of carbs the two roasted cashews would be a moderate to low carb and then the potato chips would be pretty much a carb they're not naked because they have that fat but you're definitely going to want to do that with like roast turkey and maybe you did like our elevated foldy where you did like Mm -hmm. romaine leaf turkey a um, avocado based um, or olive oil based mayo with um, rosemary in there and some fresh greens and then you're crunching on that and then you had like your little again maybe use that same ramekin size so you get your salty crunchy or you put five chips in your roll up and so you get the crunch in your lettuce and I mean I'm kind of about that kind of style eating (laughs) so you get that experience but you know you you kind of are able to then indulge mindfully versus overindulge I had them with a homemade sour cream and onion dip that I'll have to get that recipe either into the last few weeks of the meal plan or on the blog soon yeah sour cream onion dip can also be used with crudite so absolutely and and like a crudite a chip is also an okay yep option I'm really I'm really for the potato chips today apparently (laughs) (laughs) um hi I'm Brittany and it's very hard to choose my favorite part of the women's retreat because it's all been so wonderful but I really really enjoyed the farm tour and wine tasting there's that entire experience was lovely um so if I had to choose a favorite I guess it's that um and my question is I've chatted with a couple other people here who have experienced um significant hair loss after getting the big bad c word girl um and I'm curious what to do about that or if there's any way to support um, hair growth with supplementation or food or why that even happened. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my question. Great question. So there's a multitude of factors that is occurring driving the hair loss. One of them is that the infection itself, um, you know, a post-infection or what now is called like long hauling, um, you know, anytime that we have an infection and the body combats pathogen, it uses inflammation in that battling process. And that pathogen, in this case, a virus that was killed off by the immune system, there's going to be debris that's left behind. And so this is where we can have chronic fatigue syndrome. This is where we can have interference with oxidative stress. So when oxidative stress levels go up, that means inflammation goes up and that can interfere with process of like building hair because it's a low priority um, and the body doesn't prioritize its nutrients for that area when it's dealing with toxicity or inflammatory overwhelm. Um, We also know that there's some funky mechanisms with red blood cells. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're seeing a lot of like platelet aggregation. We're seeing a lot of clotting factors going on, both 
post-infection or post-V. Um, well, we can say this is Freedom Airways vaccine. Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, you know, post-vaccination, we're seeing um, also a lot of risk of not only myocarditis, but we're seeing a lot of blood clot issues. Um, so watching ferritin levels mm-hmm. and iron storage in the body is something to consider because we've seen a lot of iron deficiency following. Yes. Um, You know, iron is used also intimately connected to the inflammatory process. So there's a mechanism there. And then there's that red blood cell connection there. Um, When your ferritin levels are below 50, some say 40 to 60, but generally we want them at 50 or above. We don't want them too high because that indicates inflammation, but you can't regrow hair until they hit 60. And once ferritin levels go below 40, you're going to start to definitely experience hair loss. Ferritin is important because it also uh, plays a big role with the thyroid. And then if we're dealing with hypothyroid, because the thyroid isn't functioning, because we need that iron binding to the thyroid hormone for it to work, um, then we can see hypothyroid driving the hair loss or continuing to perpetuate that cycle. Yes. So bringing in, if you're not already on a multi that's got a good amount of iron, so either our multi-avail mama or the multi-defense with iron, Um, would be a fabulous tool. Um, And then a B complex. I think we see a lot of B vitamin deficiency, as we know, under high stress. B vitamins, especially B5, plays a really big role in our hair, you know, growth and regrowth. That's you know, pantothenate that's in our Pantene Pro-V. Yeah. Um, we were talking yeah. about that when you were making the delicious breakfast that the ladies had for brunch, which was like a sweet potato hash and onions with poached eggs and uh, bison venison sausages from Force of Nature, which was our sponsor of this wellness lounge. And so delicious. Um, I had some hot sauce on top of mine with cilantro and scallions. Um, but when Becky was preparing that, we were talking in here about keto and fasting and the hair loss conversation came up and um, someone in the audience shared that the B-complex like a couple weeks into use had a dynamic influence on hair loss, which greatly reduced yep. and starting to see regrowth. And we were talking about boost and burn as a great tool yeah, in addition actually. to yep. the B-complex yep. because boost and burn has a really high dose of pantothenate or pantothenic acid, as she's saying, that connection there. Um, so often we just think biotin. Um, we have to be mindful that you know high dose biotin on its own is not optimal. Um, we can see that interfering with thyroid to some level and also playing an impact on lipid metabolism. So I prefer a B-complex. Uh, and then if we're looking at going further, maybe working with that pantothenic acid and the boost and burn. And that's beautiful too, because you're also getting ribose, which helps support your RNA DNA response. Um, and so when we need to do a repair process, we need cellular manufacturing. And so you're getting a nice boost there as well. Yeah. And you might want to audit your protein intake too. Um, Especially if you've been actively ill with COVID, didn't have much of an appetite or had aversion to certain foods during that time, Um, check your protein intake. Make sure we're getting at least 70 grams. And if you are, maybe up it to like 80 or 90. Um, And go for those foods that support our connective tissue. So all the collagen, gelatin, and bone broth that you can get in your diet is also going to help to support hair, skin, nails, and all the things. And you could cook with a cast iron skillet to get some of that elemental iron. Uh, We've been doing that all weekend here. And a couple of ladies have been asking, you know, how do you clean it? How do you select your cookware? So we'll also link the YouTube video on toxicity in cookware where we talk about DuPont and um, Teflon and cancer research and the importance of clean cookware and our favorite choices to use in the household. Okay, am I close enough? 
Yeah. Uh, my name is Chelsea, and my favorite part about the retreat so far has been the connections um, and the food and uh, the dry farm wine that's kept me going <laughs> yeah. the whole time. Um, hey, yo. My question is, what exactly is in the detox packs that makes them so amazing? Ooh, I like this question. Okay. Magic. <laughs> that's Pure the first magic. ingredient. Uh, yes. Proprietary magic. So uh, there are three different types of capsules in the Reset, Restore, Renew Detox packs. And there are five total capsules. So we include an antioxidant blend, a phase one detox support blend, which that is more liver gallbladder focused. So this has milk thistle seed or cimilarin in there. We also have some ox bile in there and we have bitters like artichoke in there and these upregulate the bile flow. This is important. Bile's made in the liver, stored by the gallbladder. So for anyone that has had elevated liver enzymes or has had gallbladder removal, they need more detox support because they don't have that storage tank to help to support this conjugation or gathering of toxins in their body on a regular basis. So bile binds. So bile flow aids in regulating excess estrogen, aiding in excess toxicity, and also aiding in (coughs) bowel formation. Um, When we're looking at the uh, phase two of detoxification, this is where we're looking at the sulfur-containing amino acids. So in this world, we're looking at all of the compounds that aid in encapsulation and excretion of toxins. And so if you've heard me talk before, we'll link um, a couple episodes just on foundations of detox as well as our 10-day detox ebook. But in phase one, we're actually taking a fat-soluble toxin and converting it to be water-soluble. And um, that can create more intermediary compounds or more free radical activity. And we've actually seen in oncology or cancer research that individuals that have genetic mutations on phase two biochemical detox pathways are more susceptible to tumorigenic activity because they're upregulating phase one or this liberation of toxins, if you will, and they're not getting that encapsulation excretion. So when you upregulate phase one, but you have suboptimal phase two, you're creating more oxidative stress, free radical exposure, and again, potential tumorigenic activity. So we put three capsules of our phase two in there. And again, sulfur-containing compounds including glutathione, methionine, um, amino acids, and this is why you cannot detox with a juice cleanse. And this is why in our 10-day detox, we actually include a minimum of 60 grams of protein throughout the cleanse. And we use our naturally nourished grass-fed whey as a big tool in the detox as well, because that has that non-denatured property to get glutathione levels up. And it also has immunoglobulins to aid in regulating immune response and even compounds like lactoferrin that can fight against infection and also modulate the microbiome. Um, So that in itself then will help with less inflammatory response and support the detox process as well. And let's talk about maybe how we use them during a detox versus just dated. And do you want to know, I didn't talk about the antioxidant blend pill and why that's in there. Oh, well, (laughs) it's pretty great. Um, so there's also an antioxidant um, pill in there to support what's called phase one of, of detox. And you just covered all of that. Yep. Um, but essentially, we need more antioxidants when we're undergoing that detox process because, you know, there's the potential for free radical release and, and liberation. We're kind of stirring things up, right? And we want to protect ourselves from those potentially, you know, oxidative stress-causing 
compounds. Um, and so we've got things pomegranate like pomegranate in there. Mm-hmm. We have EGCG, turmeric. Yep, green tea. So that's more of a botanical compound to support and protect. So we're supporting you in two ways by giving you a three to one ratio of phase two to phase one supplementation and then adding in that antioxidant to protect further about that disparity that could occur with that oxidative stress response in the detox process. Yep. So protect your healthy cells while you're detoxing. Yes. And the way we would use the detox packs, so I think this was because the ladies have been enjoying the dry farm wines here. Yes. And we're like, do I take it before? We're do also, I take it after? And we're also spree and no one's had a hangover. So that's no. wonderful. Yes. yes. Um, you know, so I think that we, we gave everyone a couple packs of detox packs and we encouraged after the organic winery that we were at, okay, take a pack now. And then we're going to do some dry farm wine tastings with dinner and you're going to want to take a pack before bed. Um, and so you can do that. Generally, if you're having two glasses of wine or, or two drinks of wine or one uh, liquor-based drink, I would take a detox pack that evening following consumption, and that should be sufficient. If you're going to have more than two, you might want to take one pre and post or at least that evening and the following morning to mitigate or offset the impact of the alcohol. You also might consider using a detox pack if you're doing other toxic exposure. So travel, flying on airplanes, um, you know, being exposed to transportation chemicals in trains and buses and inner cities, uh, workplace hazards and chemicals. So if we're talking about individuals that are in cosmetic world, or um, hair products, Um, you know, hair dye can be quite volatile for certain um, individuals that work in an office environment and have a secretary that spray everything with Lysol all the time. You know, so it might not even be a oil rig chemical plant, but based on how that institution is sanitizing, that might be a high stressor of toxicity for the individual. We we talked this weekend about endocrine disruptors in these products. And so we're looking at your stimulus, your triggers of toxicity and using that as a guide of how often you need to take them as a baseline. Um, Some individuals that have seen weight loss um, and have been doing the ketogenic diet, maybe they were at a stall, maybe they saw some weight loss progress by doing a 10-day detox and they have estrogen dominance or have an inflammatory response or elevated liver enzymes, we're going to keep them on a pack every single day for like a four to six month regimen and pulse in 10-day detox in between. Totally. And and nothing wrong with really, we live in a dirty world. world. So taking one a day, I mean, I think we've been at points in, in time of taking one a day or maybe every other night, especially if we're dealing with acne or hormone dysregulation, excess hormone, um, that'd be a good time too. Absolutely. All right. You're good. Hi, my name is Taylor. Uh, My favorite part of the retreat was meeting Allie and Becky. Uh, (laughs) Listening to the podcast over many years has had a really positive impact on my health. So it was really great to meet you guys face to face. My question is, what do you think of air fryers? Okay. Good question. Yes, love this question. We, we got into this a bit. Yes. Oh, and we should answer Instant Pots too, because okay. we got into it last night during the cooking class. Yes. Um, so, air fryers. Um, the big thing with air fryers is that they are going to have Teflon, which again, we'll link that episode of the YouTube channel where we talk about cooking equipment and best choice and lowest toxicity. And that's why we're huge fans of cast iron pans. Um, But the air fryers often have plastic and Teflon. Mm -hmm. And so there is that leaching experience. Again, good, better, best, you know, using your 
healthy oils versus industrialized oils at a restaurant, you know, maybe a better alternate, but I still would go stainless steel pan Brady smashed potatoes over air fried French yeah. fries if I was choosing best. And honestly, I think that they taste amazing. So I'm not missing out no. um, in that experience. Um, and I definitely don't like doing proteins in there. I think when you use pork rinds as a replacement for panko, you can get a really solid crunch. So like if I'm doing chicken tenders or if I'm doing like the recipe in the anti-anxiety diet cookbook with the coconut turmeric macadamia nut crust, we use the, the pulsed macadamia and coconut and turmeric. And then we add in the pork rinds, um, you know, that has that fried like texture. Um, and you could also play with pan searing. We did a beautiful pan seared snapper last night for dinner. And that still gets that crunchy crust again, using the cast iron and using oils of choice. So I'm a big proponent of that. I was actually given an air fry by Becky and Byron. They had like an extra one Someone gave us from one. Byron's and work. We, and we you had one already. On, yeah, and we got rid of it. We turned it on at your house. I don't know if you remember, we were making sweet potato fries and the whole kitchen smelled like plastic. And we're like, can't that do that. It doesn't belong in my body. It, yeah, no, I, I threw no. it out. So, you know, that was my experience with that. I'm not going back. And then in the world of Instant Pot, um, a lot of people have been reaching out and saying like, how come Naturally Nourished Blog doesn't have any Instant Pot recipes? Or when are y'all going to do a keto Instant Pot something and this whole 12 week meal plan didn't have a single instapot how are you guys surviving in the modern world without an instapot <laughs> um and you know i used to use a pressure cooker like back in the day pressure cooker when i was a vegan i'm not afraid of a pressure cooker but really i align a pressure cooker to cook legumes like i would sure. soak my beans i would put in my strip of kombu seaweed and then i'd pressure cook the beans um and when i'm looking at cooking savory proteins, I really like to experience and taste my food in the process and to layer in flavors. And I don't like having this hands-off approach of not knowing if things are over or under cooking, um, not knowing to taste how I'm playing with my acids and my salts and my savory flavor profiles. And I like actually the aroma and the experience in my kitchen of cooking. Um, I am in this concept of, you know, yes, Cooking is one more thing to do, but I am blessed with the opportunity to have access to farmers and ranchers that I know personally, beautiful produce, beautiful food, and I surrender to the flow of that being an enjoyable process, not a I have to. And I think, you know, we talked about this a lot this weekend as well about this concept of, you know, where we need to pivot when we're finding barriers. And sometimes we have to just work our internal relationship or our internal self-talk or our experience with our life of finding peace with the present and or surrendering to the flow. So that is not this like, oh, now I have to cook dinner. It's like, I get to make this beautiful, nourishing family family meal. And this is something that I feel really empowered by. Um, and so even just reframing, it doesn't maybe have to be super poly positive, but just reframing from the I have to, I should, to I'm able to is a really different perspective and it holds less weight, less agony, less angst, and it can actually shift into an enjoyable process, especially if you play good music in the kitchen. I'm always moving in the kitchen and I love involving my daughter Stella in the process. And I think that the Instapot robs you of that experience of making food and tasting food to some level. I think it's okay for busy working days, but for me as a foodie first, um, I really like using an old school stock pot there are or a couple slow of, cooker. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, I'm same team. There are a couple of things like, um, I would do soft boiled eggs in the instant pot cause that's just an easy, quick, and I can do a batch of them, peel them and like reheat them in a bowl of 
warm water um, throughout the week. And you're not adjusting that. That just is. It's right, a one ingredient. Right, exactly. Yep, that and makes it's sense. honestly more consistent in the Instant Pot. I've also done in the past um, coconut yogurt in there. And again, you actually want that pressure and that consistency. I've done, you know, beans in there. Um, same thing. And um, Byron does use it quite a bit just for quickie shortcut and he still gets all of the flavors but he's he's an engineer brain that like gets how these things work and I'm like I can't see inside of it I don't know what's happening so I'm on the same team all right okay I think it's the last question we're wrapping up at the hour here let's share real quick Becky what your favorite part of the women's wellness retreat was and then I'll share mine I had so much fun last night doing the um, foodist medicine facials with Ashley here um, from Grace Holistic Skin who we've had on the podcast and you guys have probably heard that episode um, but we all got to experience and, and walk through a facial and learn why to use an oil cleanser um, why you should only wash your face once a day at night and not in the morning and I woke up and I didn't have to wash my face this morning so like one less <laughs> thing to do um, and it was just really fun and, and I think a great like bonding experience on our final night together after we'd had dinner and some dry farms wine yes And my favorite experience was seeing, well, A, meeting members of the community that follow the Naturally Nourished podcast and that, um, you know, subscribe to the newsletter, have read the anti-anxiety diet. Um, I connected with a listener of my book on Audible, and it's so funny because I never knew my book was on Audible until like (laughs) a year after a couple people told me it was. And I was like very jaded about it, like, oh, it's not my voice. I, my publisher didn't even give me the opportunity to read it myself. And who's going to want to listen to this nerdy science book on Audible? And um, yeah, and Taylor was like, uh, it actually changed my life. And I was like, amen. Good. Well, that's why that was out there then. Yeah. And I'm sure there's yeah. others. So it's just really cool. Sometimes it feels like a one directional output. Um, and I think especially even more heightened with pandemic and kind of segregation of connection. And so this was just such a cool experience to meet and hug and hear your success stories and continue to be inspired and have this synergy this this, although I'm absolutely exhausted as I'm speaking right now I'm so filled up and my heart and cup runneth over um, just with the blessing of knowing that I have the opportunity and the platform to impact others so it's been so cool and special and one of my favorite things was honestly today uh, I let a little well didn't really lead I just kind of facilitated and let it happen um, was closing out with our resiliency plans and so Throughout this weekend, um, all of the women shared uh, what freedom looks like to them. We shared barriers to what that freedom is. We shared how we look when we feel a sense of fortitude and fluidity, um, different stressors that we identify and those that can be navigated and those that cannot and techniques and ways to na- to work around them. And this resilience plan really kind of dug from more of a emotional, mental, spiritual, as well as a physiological and even a like time management routine ritual commitment and it was really cool Um, we had the women kind of worksheet these and then share with each other and it was just neat seeing them allow each other to share and just witness 
and listen. And I think that when we say things out loud, it helps to manifest deeper than just writing it down. Um, and then we also did this really cool um, exchange where the other group was making essential oils and we had essential oil blends for fortitude, which had like frankincense in it, or we had one that was on fluidity and it had Moroccan rose in it. Um, and so what we were doing then is connecting this almost like osmosis, if you will, another sensory impact on the intention, this manifesto of what I am and what my resilience is connected to this sensory impact so that as we go through and we find ourselves next week kind of digesting all of the experiences that occurred over this weekend, that we can use that scent to put us back into this place, this place of this current knowingness of what I need. And I think that that was a big part of this weekend was getting individuals back into their bodies and tapped into themselves because all too often we are caretakers of others, we are distracted by technology, we are feeling burned out and overburdened and not centered and grounded and in this knowingness space. And so I hope that as everyone returns home, that we all feel empowered and inspired and uh, can't wait to do it again. We will do it again for those who are already asking, but we probably need a solid year from now. (laughs) (laughs) Stay tuned. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans. Connect with Allie and Becky at AllieMillerRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, stay nourished and be well.